Welcome to The Leader's Guide, the podcast made for today's leaders who are looking to make a difference in their life and the lives of others. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Leader's Guide podcast. Now, this will be a fantastic episode for anyone who has ever studied leadership and communication. My guest today is Ann Visser, a John Maxwell certified coach, speaker, and trainer who runs her own company for better forever. Anne is equipped with a mission to empower individuals and organizations to communicate in a way that aligns with their values so they can become better leaders in their families and their teams. Anne, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for having me on the Leader's Guide podcast. I am honored to be here. I'm excited to speak to a young leader. Uh, I'm just a little older than you are, Alex. So it's a pleasure to be here and to share my experience and my expertise in communication and, and leadership as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm excited to get into a conversation. And I know that you mentioned that you have 20 years of experience and just all the work and all the impact that you've had. Um, And we'll talk all about communication and specifically we'll talk about self-talk, people talk and leadership talk today in our episode. But before we get into that, Anne, would you mind just telling our audience a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. I've been equipping individuals and organizations for over 20 years. I am a certified John Maxwell coach, speaker and trainer, and I'm the founder, co-founder of For Better Forever, which is our company, which I founded with my husband. Uh, uh, We have been married for 42 years. Um, I train, I coach, and I speak in areas of communication, leadership, relationship, mindset, and personal growth, but I'm passionate about communication. And so I've trained couples and I've had the opportunity to work with women, teaching them communication skills and conflict resolution. I teach young people and students a program called How to Avoid Falling for a Jerk, which has been written by Dr. John Van Epp. That's a good title, isn't it, Alex? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) It's a great program based on attachment theory and how love grows. And I just love to get into schools and young peoples to be able to teach them about healthy relationships and and what is toxic relationship. And so I've had the opportunity as well to teach values-based leadership skills and principles to students in Paraguay with John Maxwell himself. And that was the trip of a lifetime, Alex. And um, I've also taught and trained addicts in recovery, both in our local jail, as well as in the recovery home for addicts. And so I go in once a week and I teach them the 15 invaluable laws of growth and be curious, not furious, which is our communication course, as well as how to avoid falling for a jerk. And it's such a pleasure and to be there and to see the growth in them as they're there, uh, to teach them personal growth and relationship values and principles that will support their sobriety. And so I also have a membership for Christian women called the Sisterhood Journey Membership. And there we focus on the four lanes of communication, the God talk, self talk, people talk, and leadership talk. And so fun fact, Alex, I live on beautiful Prince Edward Island where Together with my husband's family, we farm on a potato farm, and that's in Canada, eastern Canada. And we have five children, and I am the nana to 11 amazing grandchildren. Don't get me started, Alex. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing. You've got so much uh, just different range with just your personal life, your professional life, some of your experiences and everything else. And as much as I'd love to chat with you about your kids and your family, 
We're here to talk about communication and leadership and um, get into that and some of the work that you've done there. And for those of you who, who don't know, John Maxwell is one of the most revolutionary leaders of our time. I feel like he is one of the founders of so much of modern day leadership. He is, he is one of the, as far as just people go, one of the highest people in leadership in terms of training, in terms of developing leaders, and in terms of, of impacting leadership as we see it today. So um, I'm so excited to, to chat with somebody who has that kind of background, that kind of experience, and all the work that you do in communication. And I know recently, you've done a lot of work in specifically helping people learn how to have effective, pivotal conversations that move relationships forward. And as you mentioned, kind of just in your little intro, you break this down into five steps, but I want to take a take a step back and ask you what you mean by having pivotal conversations and how those are different from maybe normal conversations we may have. <laughs> I'm going to take you back to why my why, because my why is the very first pivotal conversation that I remember my husband and I having, and it is why I do what I do. And so I'm passionate about it because I know it works. I can still remember the moment that changed everything. I was on a date with my husband. We were sitting in our farm truck out at our favorite restaurant we had five children in six years my husband worked very long hours as a farmer and I felt like a single mom and we just went around and around the same old conversations without resolving anything mm. on this particular night I was at the end of my rope when I said to him I can't do this anymore and I could see the panic in his eyes and he said what do you mean you can't do this anymore and I said, I can't do marriage like this anymore. We just keep hurting each other. We don't ever resolve anything. But as I poured out my heart to him, something different happened. That conversation disrupted what wasn't working because it wasn't working in our marriage. And for the first time in a long time, he shared his pain with me. And we decided that night we would get the help that we needed in order to get better together. And that pivotal conversation changed everything for me, for us, and for our family. Now, pivotal conversations aren't just for married couples. They're for leaders too. They are for everybody. I believe we need to have, I believe we have these pivotal conversations, whether we know it or not, every single day. They can be small, tiny conversations, but they can be very large conversations as well. And so a pivotal conversation, you're asking, what are they? They are conversations that they they create a shift or a change. That's really the goal. They create a shift or a change because something isn't working just as in our marriage when it wasn't working. And so they're conversations that require some degree of honesty or vulnerability. It depends on the relationship as to how vulnerable you become, right? Obviously, you're not going to be as vulnerable with a partner as you would be with your kids or as you would be with the people at work or your friends. It's all different levels of vulnerability. It's likely going to be a sensitive topic. That's what makes it a pivotal conversation to either one party or both parties. And they're going to be conversation that bring about some clarity. They bring about clarity to the person and or to the relationship. And so you may have a conversation with somebody at work because a colleague is coming in late for work and their work ends up on your desk. <laughs> That's a pivotal conversation mm -hmm. that needs to be had. Or you may have a big pivotal conversation with your family because perhaps you're losing your job and um, there needs to be some major adjustments made to the budget. That's a pivotal conversation. Yeah. And I, I imagine just with pivotal conversations, they they happen regardless of whether we're in control of them or not. You know, like with 
your husband, fortunately, you guys were able to work through that situation and have a pivotal conversation that resulted in um, a successful marriage and, and shifting your communication styles. But oftentimes, pivotal conversations, when we don't address them intentionally, may result in divorce, may result in leaving a, a situation, maybe not how we have wanted to or giving up on a situation. And I imagine so much of what you're talking about is, is taking control of those pivotal conversations so that you can have an outcome that supports you and your, your goals. Absolutely. And that's why we say the first C of pivotal conversation is to check emotions, because that is mm. going to derail a pivotal conversation just right off the bat, because um, Dr. John Gottman talks about soft startups. And, and he says that I believe it's 93%, Alex, if you start with a soft startup, he can he can determine with 93% accuracy how that conversation is going to end. And mm. so the only way to start well is to check our emotions and to check our motives and our beliefs. So what's going on behind this conversation? What am I thinking? I have my people journal at what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's troubling me right now? Because when we write that out, what we think is troubling us may not be the real problem that we want addressed. And so when we get that kind of clarity, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's troubling me? And then what do I really, really want? Because what I want may not be what I really, really want. You know, in the end, uh, perhaps what I want is connection. Mm -hmm. it, perhaps it's not uh, having the dishes cleaned out of the sink every day. Perhaps it's not um, at work having, um, you know, perhaps there's more grace for someone who is ill and they can't be at work all the time. So what do I really, really want? It's important to answer those questions for ourselves before we go into the pivotal conversation, because by the way, they're not conversations that likely come up once and then bang, it's done. They're conversations that have already been coming up over and over again. And so we know that it needs to be solved because nothing has been solved in the past, or we've made a little bit of progress, but we need to make a little bit more progress. We haven't finished that conversation because often it's more of a process kind of conversation than it is a one time, one shot to fix what is not working. Right, right. And I imagine it's so much of that when you see it, whether it's in your families or in the workplace, um, going a little bit deeper than what that surface issue is. You know, it's not necessarily that the problem isn't that somebody's coming late to work every day. The problem goes deeper than that. Maybe they don't feel valued or supported at work or they have stuff going on at home and then really checking into what some of those emotions are on your end and their end as well. So how do you, in kind of continuing that a little bit and you talk about kind of having those pivotal conversations, the five steps and the C's, uh, can you go a little bit more into that, into once you've checked in with your emotions, then how you go about having those, those pivotal conversations or what so, some of those next steps are. Absolutely. So for better forever, we, we call them the three C's mm -hmm. and the first C is, is to check emotion. The second C is to communicate and clarify. So we need to communicate those thoughts and feelings, depending on the relationships as to how deep we go in vulnerability. We want to make sure then that we invite feedback because we want it to be a dialogue, not a monologue. When you give the other person the opportunity to share what's happening in their life, in their world, however much they share, then you give an opportunity for them 
to buy into the third step, which is the create the we solutions. Mm. But, you know, I spoke with a woman, her name was, uh, I'm not going to give you her real name. We'll call her Julie. Um, it was some time ago, but she had been working for a human resource company uh, for the same company for over 20 years. Uh, it was a large manufacturing company. Um, she was a happily married woman to her high school sweetheart. She had two adult kids and she was tired though. She was tired because she looked after seven locations. She traveled frequently for her job. And then two years ago, she said, my company merged with another company and I got a new boss. Now the company is leaner and I have more responsibility. The new boss manages differently. Julie's biggest complaint was the culture of the company is different. And I don't agree with it. It's not about relationship. It's about production. And I don't feel appreciated anymore. I really believe that people leave companies when they don't feel appreciated. She said, funny thing is, she said, I could have worked those crazy hours for my previous boss because I knew he cared. Now I just show up and I do my job. Isn't that something, Alex? Yeah, that's powerful. People want to know that they're heard and that you care about them. Exactly. So we want to have that two-way dialogue so that people feel heard. And it's important for managers and for bosses to pay attention to their people because their people, it really is their greatest resource. We hear it all over, uh, especially in my area of the world. It is hard to find good help, but we can't get good help unless we treat people well. And we treat people well when they hear us and when we hear them. That's I love that. That's amazing. I think uh, with with just those three C's, you can kind of see where it talks into that initial that self talk. You know how you're communicating with yourself and the questions that you're asking, and then how you're communicating with other people and being clear with your communication, and then the leadership talk, which is what is the goal in this relationship, this professional or personal relationship, and then how can we move forward together in that relationship. Absolutely. It all flows into the pivotal conversations. And then the last C is to create those we solutions. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a boss and, and a, a, or whether it's a colleague and peer to peer or whether it's at home, we want to create those we solutions so that our people at work are happy to come into work. Like she said, I would do that for my previous boss because I knew he cared. So to create those we solutions, you know, um, I know of a boss, he puts up, he puts on the board what is expected for the day. So the people know that when this is done for the day, the packaging, then they can go home. And so they know what's going on. The communication is clear. And so he's created a we solution that works for them, for the boss, and a solution that works for the company as well. And I think it, it takes some some level of courage and humility to create those we level solutions. It's very easy to, when you see the problem, you know, you you know what your emotions are, you communicate your emotions, and then saying like, now you need to do better. You need to do a better job at this. You need to show up on time. You need to be more productive. You need to do better in our relationship without checking in with ourselves and saying, okay, well, what's my part in this? And what can I do as a leader in this situation to help move it forward in that we aspect? I love that, that moving forward with the we solutions. So what you just said there, Alex, is so important. And I love that because you're talking about making the other person, not the problem, mm -hmm. but a but a part of the solution immediately when make the other person, the problem, they, we become the good guy or the good girl. They become the enemy. They become the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And when they become the enemy, then we cannot create those we solutions. Yeah. And in order to move together, move forward together, we need to be able to create the solution that works for both. 
So I, 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 in taking a look at that, because I think that that's a, it's easier said than done when looking at the creating those we solutions. And I think that's where you really get into the, the leaders talk, you know, where you talk about the influence and the impact that you're able to have together as that team relationship. How do you go about having those kind of conversations either with yourself and then with another person where you're developing those we solutions? To have those conversations with yourself is essential. What am Mm -hmm. I thinking? They're not the bad guy. What am I feeling? And then what what is troubling? What do I really want? When I have that kind of clarity, then I can go ahead and communicate what is needed. So here's what's needed for the company. Here is our situation. Here is the vision that we have. And this is what we need in order to move forward. And I truly think that leaders lead with vision, that leaders see beyond uh, what is today and that leaders need to say to speak that vision out over and over and over again because their people don't know I worked for a nonprofit for a time and the manager (laughs) she she made us sick and tired of hearing the vision because she gave it to us so often we work with marginalized women and so when we would say oh this person needs our help she would say are they marginalized women no then that's not who we work with. But it was so incredible. I know now still <laughs> the mission and the vision of this uh, of this organization because she was so strong in promoting and, and letting us know, communicating clearly what that vision was, who we worked with, who we were. And so there was no question about what the vision and the way forward was. It all funneled through that vision. That's That's... Amazing. I think that's one of my favorite aspects of leadership is that one of the most important goals of a leader is to communicate the vision and communicating it over and over and over again and keeping everybody's focus on the vision. It kind of makes me think about, you know, when you've got um, a goal for yourself, it's important to remind yourself of that goal, that why that you're doing what you're doing over and over and over again. That same thing applies to businesses. Obviously, when you're leading teams where you're saying, hey, here's where we're heading. Here's where we're going. Are the actions that we're taking supporting us in getting there or are they causing just different unnecessary roadblocks? And then taking that a step kind of further in, in a sense with those one-on-one individual relationships, I don't think people think too often about what's the intent of this relationship? You know, where am I heading with this relationship? Is it a relationship that just brings me pleasure in the moments with friends and um, family or is it a relationship that is actually helping move towards some kind of mutual goal. And I don't think that's something that people think about too often when they're in their individual relationships. I I think you're so right. And I think it's so important to surround ourselves with, with our inner circle, to have really good people in our inner circle. Mm-hmm. Leaders have influence, according to John Maxwell. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. I love that he says that. In fact, that line that he used, it was a pivotal moment in my life when he said that from the stage. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm a leader. I went on with a whole new picture of who I am. But I think it's really important to surround ourselves with leaders. Leaders think about other people. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the big difference. They think about other people and they think about how can they lead to improve other people's lives good Mm -hmm. leaders this is what they're all about Um, and I think it's important that comes because of the character that they've developed within them and when we develop and I think that that's a journey of a lifetime 
time developing our character and living by principles um, rather than so much rules and knowing that we value people. I just think that it's so incredibly important to value our people and to let them know that we value them. And I think we can't underestimate the importance of reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, I'm thinking about you today. And this is what I know about you. I know you're struggling maybe in your family or maybe in your workplace. And, and, and I'm thinking about you. It means so much to our people. And leaders cannot underestimate the importance of developing their own character so that they can reach out to their people and speak life into their people. That's There's our, our little quotable bit for this podcast. The little bit that I think is just, if you hear nothing else, that is just so important. I think that people downplay their own level of influence that they have and thus their own leadership that they have. And like you said, John Maxwell said that uh, leadership is nothing more than influence for better or worse. Um, and it's a matter of what kind of influence and where you're headed with that influence. There was a quote that I shared on my social media just the uh, the other day that was from a, a podcast that I recently heard um, where the gentleman named Brian Buffini was interviewing someone named John David Mann, who said, the size and measure of your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. And I think that that, that in itself is a very, very powerful thing. And just that idea of influence is such a fantastic way note to, to finish on and just the importance of recognizing your own personal influence and how you're able to communicate that with yourself and other people to rise up into the leader that you are meant to be. Absolutely. I think we underestimate the value and the importance of leaders. Leaders do not travel alone, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They, they can't travel alone because they're leading people. And so they're influencing someone who is following them. And so how important it is to, to lead with integrity and with wisdom. Uh, we were holidaying. Can I just tell you this story? Yes, Alex, please. Yeah. We, go. we were holidaying in PEI and our little six-year-old grandson, um, he looked up at Lighthouse Jimmy lighthouse jimmy (laughs) as lighthouse jimmy asked him a question what's on your wrist and little caleb said it's a ponzi poo now little ponzi poo is a little furry thing and and jimmy said what and and caleb said it's a ponzi poo you can get one at walmart (laughs) and jimmy laughed because this precocious dark-haired little guy he was just so energetic and they talked about ponzi poos and they talked about lighthouse caleb was forming a relationship with Jimmy, Lighthouse Jimmy. And Jimmy was obviously charmed by little Caleb's energy and his endless questions. And then we watched as Jimmy crafted a paper airplane for Caleb. This is important. He said, tell you what I'm going to do for you, Caleb. Would you and your family like to go to the top of the lighthouse with me? I have the keys to open the door to let you outside. Not everybody gets to go outside. But if your mommy will let you, I'll take you to the top with your family and you can fly your plane from the top of the lighthouse and then just watch it soar to the ground. That's what we did, Alex. We went to the top of the lighthouse. I would not have got to the top of the lighthouse if it had not been for Caleb, who formed this relationship with Lighthouse Jimmy. And then later that night, Caleb asked uh, Lighthouse Jimmy, he spied this a gift in the in the gift shop. It was a, a jellyfish, a, a see-through jellyfish. And, and he said, Jimmy, can I have this? Jimmy smiled and he said, he turned the ornament over and, and he said, uh, what, what time is your bedtime, Caleb? And mommy said, two hours ago. <laughs> Tell you what, Caleb, if you're in bed in 15 minutes tomorrow morning, you can have that jellyfish. The next day, 
I met Jimmy as he gave that jellyfish to Caleb. And I knew just how much Jimmy enjoyed Caleb mm -hmm. when he said to me, I would have given Caleb my truck. I'm so glad he didn't ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, it's all about relationship. Mm -hmm. It's all about relationship. And here was Lighthouse Jimmy influencing this little six-year-old with this opportunity that no, not everyone gets to, to take. And I would not have enjoyed that opportunity either with my family had Caleb not formed this beautiful relationship with Lighthouse Jimmy. And that's that's influence, right? Being able to do all that kind of stuff and from your son to lighthouse jimmy and back and forth that's exactly what we're talking about and such a beautiful way to finish up and and I, I appreciate you so much sharing that story and just um being so generous with your time today and uh before we finish up i've got just five quick rapid fire questions for you and before we get into that would you mind just telling our audience where they can find you where they can connect with you and learn some more about some of the work that you do in communication and leadership Yes, absolutely. Well, we have a free resource called the seven day challenge that will help you get ready for your next pivotal conversation. And each day we, you'll receive a short video with a simple action step to take that day to prepare for your next pivotal conversation. So you go from not knowing what to say or how to approach that conversation or that person to being ready for that pivotal conversation. And you can get that seven day challenge by going to four better. That's the numerical number four better forever.com forward slash challenge. Challenge. It's my pleasure to give that to your people. And the best way to stay in touch with us is to go through that seven day challenge, because when you sign up for that challenge, then you'll also get my weekly email called Tuesday Brew with Anne because I love coffee. <laughs> and that's where I share weekly communication tips to help you communicate in a way that aligns with your values. And thank you so much, Alex, for having me here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And I'll, I'll include that link below in the in the episode description so everybody can access that super easily. And so before we finish up here, just five quick questions for you that I always ask everybody at the end of our episodes. Number one, what is one movie that you will watch over and over again? While you were sleeping. <laughs> it's a ridiculous movie with Sandra Bullock, but I just love it. And it brings back great memories of watching it with our family together. There's this funny little scene in the movie where uh, a, a delivery guy has nothing to do with the movie. Delivery guy is throwing newspapers onto the lawns and he falls off his bike. Our oldest son, he, this is how old that movie is. He rewound that over and over and over again. And he laughed and laughed and, and we laughed at him laughing at the movie. And so every time I watch it, I remember our Nathaniel and the fun that we had. It's just a great memory. <laughs> I love that. I love it. We always love Sandra Bullock movies too. <laughs> Um, question number two, if you were given $100,000 to give to one cause or one organization, where would you send it? Oh, absolutely. It's easy. Lennon House, which is the recovery home that I am privileged to go into every week. I get to see the change and the growth that happens mm. as they move away from their addictions and as they move towards sobriety and then their brains start to work, Alex. And it's the most beautiful thing to see and to witness. And during COVID, I was off for about three weeks. I came back to the same people that were there, the residents and I looked at one young man and I said, what has happened to you? Look at you. Your brain is working. It was, it's beautiful. Lennon house on Prince of Rhode Island. I love it. That's so powerful. Number three, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? 
the best piece of result of advice that I have ever received um, probably was from my dad who said, don't take yourself so seriously. Mm. I love that <laughs> one that we can all uh, take to heart, especially these days. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Number, number four, if you were writing a book on leadership, what would be the first chapter or the most important chapter in that book? The first chapter on leadership would be that you have some, it would be about self-worth. You have value, you have gifts and talents and abilities and strengths and influence in your sphere of, of influence, your sphere of people, and you, you need to lead and mm. you need to take responsibility for that and see where that is so that you can step into that leadership with that responsibility that you have influence. That's powerful. Area. That's powerful. I love that. And then number five, our last question, what is something that you wish you knew when you in your early twenties or just starting your career that you know now? Uh, it would be that message right there, Alex, that I just gave you <laughs> is that, is that uh, you know, my number one strength is positivity. Mm -hmm. And my number five is empathy. You know, school does not recognize those strengths. And they're now the strengths that drive the work that I do because I create spaces, safe spaces for people to be who they are, their authentic selves, and then pull on the empathy when they're having bad days or bad moments or bad seasons to be able to uh, lift them up and propel them forward into the things that they were made to do. I love it. And I love the self-awareness there. Well, and those are my five questions. I appreciate you so much again for just taking the time to sit down with me and dive deeper into leadership and communication. It's been such a pleasure just getting to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better today. And I'll include those links for people to connect with you further in the future below in the episode notes. And if this, ep if this episode was valuable, please share it. Please leave a review. Those mean so much. And we'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye-bye.